Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast, the preview show. Um, if you were listening to us a week ago, we were all positive. We are all singing the praises of Phil Parkinson, but now the wheels are starting to fall off the parky bus. But will we reattach said wheels on Saturday against Gillingham? I'm Rory Fallow. I'm joined, as ever, by Matthew Keelan. Uh, good evening, Rory. How are you doing? How are you doing, Matthew, after you know, a defeat and a disappointing draw? I am. I'm, I'm sad about it. I'm sad for Phil. I'm sad for uh, all of the lads. Um, sad, sad for Conor Mack? Sad uh, for Conor. Well, we'll get on to him later, I'm sure. Will, but, um, okay, sad. Made up, made up for by my half day at work tomorrow. Oh, well, you know, that bounces everything out. A half day Friday. 12 o'clock. 12 o'clock. <laughs> well, speaking of pints as well, Wait. we're also joined by Mr. Sunderland himself, Michael Loff. Hi, lads. How are you doing? Very well. I'm not used to having you on the Thursday show, Mickey. You're usually uh, with the dads. How does it feel to be off off the leash of Gareth and Stephen for a change? I'm a little bit nervous because when it comes to me to be the voice of reason, I think we're struggling a little bit, but I will try <laughs> my hardest nonetheless. It's all right, Mick. Yeah. We had Chris Weatherspoon as the voice of reason the other way. <laughs> oh, fair yeah, enough. We also had Craig. We had Craig on that night as well, so that kind of balanced him out as well. So yeah, Mick, you're very much going to have to be the the voice of the voice of reason here. No, well, I was going to say no outlandish predictions for you, but you know, feel free. You know, get into the get into the vibe of the preview pod. That's what yeah. we're all about, aren't we, Matthew? Ah, of course, you've got to wear. Well, you, you, it, it's a, I, it's a bit like a trial, this Mick, for your um, <laughs> for your appearance on the preview pod. Well, we, you know, me and Rory will get together. Well, we won't because we're not allowed. We'll uh, virtually get together and discuss your performance and. Uh, Make a few notes, give you a rating. Well, I'll give you a rating halfway through and then we'll uh, come to you. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Um, Does that mean we can't, when we like obviously put the tweet out, etc., in the description on the pod, we can't use Mick's name? He has to be a trialist. A trialist, yeah. Yeah, but we can refer to him. Actually, no, would a commentator refer to trialist by name? Come on, Mick, you're the journalist. Oh, yeah, Mick. I know. Um, I try not to broadcast the fact I'm shirted too widely because you tend to get more abuse. <laughs> then, um, but no, yeah, the, the commentators do tend to say. I think when we play Gears in the preseason, they would say "Air Trialers" followed by his name, which was a bit bizarre. But it's a little bit oh, okay. as if it's like the official secret act for some reason when someone's on trial, which I don't quite understand. But there we are. Oh, all trialists yeah, called Anthony. <laughs> Anthony or Antoine Alan. maybe as well you know if it's a, if it's a foreign if it's yeah, a foreign when I was a kid I used to think there was like a really prolific striker in the Scottish lower leagues who used to hop around <laughs> between a lot of clubs called like Andy yeah, Trialist or something because Trialist can play league games in the Scottish lower league so I always used to get really confused when I'd say like a Trialist score for Dumbarton one week and then Ray for overs the next week <laughs> <laughs> being really charitable loaning them out so <laughs> no great we should do that. We should be able to play trialists. We, we used to be able to win the League Cup, didn't you? When we signed that just a man for the Walsall did, game yeah. years ago. Yeah, we had the Giuseppe, was it? Mick, you'll know. He yeah, uh, had a 25-yarder yes, okay. over the ball. I was um, going to say he almost scored a screamer, yeah. <laughs> um, I think I can remember that. And then that signed the, for Walsall. From an end-of-season review video. Yeah. That kind of rings the bell, he, he then went on to sign for Walsall uh, based on that shot. Very much like Worthington, Worthington Cup sort of era, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it was the we we beat them five 0 
Sorry, mate. Hey, I don't care. I don't care about the Worthington Cup. I just care I about do. the Papa John's Trophy now, <laughs> as it's been renamed. On a piece um, of that. So, with that segue of League One, very, very League, that slice of League One, you could say. Very good. It's got another slice of League One. A two-two draw away to Rochdale. Yes. And a very bad performance. It doesn't get much more League One than that. Um, I think first thing we've got... Let's get the negatives out the way, because there's a lot of them. Let's get them out the way first. Um, might take a while. The goals we conceded. Mm. What's... Like, this time last week, Matthew, we were talking about how excellent our defence looked, how robust we looked. And, you know, conceded three against Portsmouth. Fair enough, they're quite a decent side. One's like a daft penalty, etc. But, you know, they had to... I was going to say that'll work, but we didn't give the ball away for one goal, but... The sloppy defending for, you know, not tracking a runner into the box, um, either Dobson or Power losing their man there. The way, like, Dobson and Sanderson clattered into each other for the second, like, gone from so robust to conceding goals like that. It's, just, it's crazy, isn't it? It's turned into, like, um, it, like, we've just lost control of it. it one, thing we, one thing we weren't doing um, earlier in, in the season, well, say earlier in this, obviously we haven't played thousands of games but like right at the beginning of the season there was no like desperate defending there was no we weren't even making any tackles like yeah. they didn't even need to make tackles and now it's like we've got Jack Baldwin back <laughs> it's like the, the same there's lots of last ditch defending going on lots of like blocked shots lots of like mm. desperate lunges and, and on Tuesday like the goal just basics Total basics, not tracking your man, not closing down, letting the cross come in. Like, positioning, like, you can't have a go at the goalkeeper, really, but, like, positionally, the goalkeeper, like, for the header, like, he yeah. just stood in the middle of his goal. <clears throat> Love blaming goalkeepers, like. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> just stood in the middle of his goal, like, obviously, he's, but he's completely wrong-footed by a, let's be fair, a fairly tame header. Yeah, I mean, well, it's just... It's, it's not, header. like, he's not, like, the like, he's not the... Look, he's not to blame for that goal, but like, you got he, he hasn't had many shots on target this season, Burge, and he's conceded six goals now. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I know what you mean about the you know the nature of the header and stuff like that. But Mick, it's kind of you. You said you touched on it there, Matthew, about we weren't having to, to make tackles, block shots. People weren't getting shots in, but. You look at the way that midfield two performed mm-hmm. on Tuesday, and they were just they were non-existent, weren't they? Like there was, it was so easy for Rochdale to, like, fair enough. I'm not saying they created a deluge of chances, but it's the most we felt under pressure, didn't we? Because we didn't have that little bit of extra protection in front of the back three. Yeah, I think after the Swindon game on the Dad podcast, I kind of praised how good we were out of possession a lot of the time. And particularly in the Swindon game and um, the crew game were very good. Um, and like you said, there was no pressure onto the back four because it was all being soaked up by the midfield. But the other night, they were allowed to get onto the back four and maybe some of our frailties were exposed. But one thing I would say, there's a lot that I wasn't very happy with from Phil Parkinson the other night, but the goals I don't think are on him because you've just got mm. to take a little bit of 
collective responsibility there and you don't have to play well every game to get promoted especially in this league I mean we've seen it in the past under like Mick McCarthy where we didn't play inspiring football but we got promoted and I think on Tuesday it's one of them games you've just got to win and the fact that we got our noses in front twice and we should have then got on to control the game and we didn't was very very disappointing and the defending for the goals like you say was just incredibly poor and it's something that we need to rectify immediately because we can't afford to go on a bad run yeah I think it's important like we'll get onto the the team selection stuff like that and things part and substitutions as well where Parkinson could have done more to affect things obviously before the game but during the game as well but like you said there Mickey like you know we would just being functional, like like under Mick McCarthy, or like even if you look back further, 95, 96 under Peter Reid, where we weren't spectacular but went up. But you do the basics well, you don't give the opposition those opportunities. And I, f- I feel a bit harsh singling him out, but George Dobson on Tuesday night, I'm, I'm sorry, it can't be ignored just how bad that performance was. I think five, maybe six times, he just cheaply gave away a possession trying to make a simple pass. If you're doing that and you're looking at that as a manager, and yeah, fair enough, he picked him, and I don't think he, he should have actually picked him, to be honest. But if, if you can't even do just simple stuff like that, like, I'm sorry, it's, it's not acceptable at all, is it? He's. No, sorry, on, no, 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 you're right, go on. Okay, so I think the complaint I have about Dobson is even when he plays good games and he's energetic and he's all over the pitch, he makes a lot of his good contributions are because he's given the ball away. He's had to rectify the mistake yeah. and win it back. So like you like you have commented there, I don't rate Dobson at all. And the other night, I think a very bizarre comment that Parkinson did make was when he praised our passing and said we were very brave on the ball. And that's just not something I agree with at all because even when we did try and be more <laughs> ambitious, it would just these raking kind of passes from the fullback to the other fullback or Bailey Wright tried about like 15 of them and about six came off. And it yeah, was just but- it was just quite poor. And I can see the rationale of trying to play them balls if you're playing Gooch or Diamond as a wing-back because the theory being they're on the front foot that can cut inside and they're in on goal of and whip the ball in. But when you're playing them balls to Conor McLaughlin, who isn't the most like, dynamic wing-back you'll ever see, and I know I'll probably get more down for making that point on this particular podcast but when you're playing the ball to somebody like that who's not the most attacking even if you execute the pass he's still his instinct is to control the ball look back and play a safe five yard ball so I didn't really see the rationale be, be, if you don't know saying between trying to play us in if that makes sense no no it does um, what were you going to say there sorry Matt on, on Dobson as I, well he's just simply he's not good enough and he's He's shown this, way, in my opinion, I know he's got fans and I know people have stuck up for him in the past, but he's not he's nowhere near good enough. He he doesn't he offers not he's he offers nothing. He's not a threat. He's not particularly good on the ball. He's not particularly good in the tackle. He's not that fast. He's fi- he's not particularly fit. His engine I don't think's great. And it has I know he's had I know there's games where he has looked I don't know, like sprightly and but he's sorry, he's nowhere near good enough to to get a team out uh, promoted out of this division. He captained Walsall to relegation in this division, and we went and paid money for him. He's I he's rubbish, and I don't mean to just single him out and be nasty to him, but he's crap. Yeah, and it, it, it is true, and there are other players that that will get on. And him look, as well. like we're not just going to single. No, him I'm out, not. Like Max Power it wasn't good enough. Max Power has been poor in the last couple of games, and he didn't do. Obviously, Dobson playing alongside him won't help Dobson at all. But 
he's he's just at least with power he's got you know he's done it he's he's had you know a, a large amount of good games for us he's won league one twice Dobson I'm sorry he's nowhere near good enough to play for this football club and power was inches away from winning us and the game that's the as thing well. that's the difference Dobson for as bad as power could be and, and was he could he is capable of doing that Dobson is never ever going to do that Absolutely. So not. sorry, um, and I don't mean to just be awful, like and just slag him off for the sake of it. But this isn't for the sake of it. He's not good enough to play for this football club. No, it, it's it, it's true. We've you know he, he he had a little run of games when you know under Parkinson as well, and understand why Parkinson maybe wanted to give him another chance this season. But like you like you said, Mickey when he does something good it's almost compensating for other things and he's came back into that side as well after a stupid red card earlier mm. in the season let's not forget I know it didn't really affect the game against Bristol Rovers when he did get sent off because it was so late in the game but that's twice now where you've just seen two displays and he wasn't particularly good in that Bristol Rovers game as well it's like <laughs> I don't want to go too yada about this but there are younger players who he's, you know, either keeping out of the squad, be it when he's on the bench or, you know, in the starting eleven. I probably would rather see, you know, Jack Diamond doesn't play in that position exactly, and you know, neither does Dan Neal particularly. But I'd rather see them giving a go because when I see Dobson now, I genuinely think, and again, I feel, I do feel harsh saying it, but I don't think they would be any worse, and I think they would grasp that opportunity better than he is and and they would give us something a bit more different definitely I think um, you mentioned Jack Baldwin earlier there Matthew I think Mm -hmm. Dobson almost is a league uh, sorry a centre midfield version of Jack Baldwin because everything he does is on the stretch when he wins a tackle sometimes it looks really good but he's throwing himself into the tackles and as you've seen it's desperation and we're torn for his previous errors so he's not ideal to kind of just like calm the midfield down and I think he made me appreciate even more despite the fact Ledbetter I know he gave the ball away for the goal at the weekend and because of his age he can't play him every game but it made you appreciate that calmness on the ball that Ledbetter brings you and even Josh Scone to a large extent because like Scone to be fair to him I don't think it was the right sub when he came on for Maguire but he did look very neat and tidy just like receives the ball gives it he's like quite a good distributor so as I say, I just think that with Power and Dobson, because like Power again, he tries quite adventurous balls. He's not one to just keep the game ticking over. So I think we just really kind of surrendered control of the game to Rochdale by having that midfield pairing. I don't think it was particularly well thought out. No, it wasn't. It wasn't well thought out <laughs> at all. Far from it. Um, it's interesting what you said about Scowan there, though, Mick. I, I agree. Maybe him for Maguire wasn't the right sub, and you may want to might have wanted to see Dobson come off or maybe even one of the back three just to give us a midfield three option as well. But I think it says a lot about our performance on the night that I'd say Scown was one of our best players. Yeah, I, I thought I thought the energy that he gave us, he made things happen. Like I think he's definitely after a poor showing against Portsmouth, he's warranted a, a start again, even if he goes to the midfield too, because I would have him in the side ahead of Ahead of Dobson, like any day of the week. Um, but to, to move on from Dobson, I think I think we've um, crucified him enough there. We'll come we back to him later. Yeah, we probably we probably will, and maybe on another podcast. Um, Connor McLaughlin as well at right wing back. I think it was that was confirmation that if he's in the side, and I think a few people said this in the group chat as well. Actually, if he's in the side, it has to be part 
is a centre half, part of a back three, because that boy does not look comfortable once he's beyond the halfway line, does he? Look at us. Who just saw this? How do we get here? Not me. Not um, now, Rory. <laughs> the, um, no, he doesn't, does he? Uh, that's not, you know. Yeah. Centre half for him. And what a and what a centre half he is. And what a centre half. But that's the thing, like you can put him in a centre half and just be like, right, Connor, stick to your position, yeah. win your headers, you know, keep keep tracking your man and stuff like that. But when he gets in that final third, there was times as well where he was like trying to take a touch and then like move quick and he just doesn't look comfortable doing it. Whereas for any faults or nine has, he does have quite a tidy first touch. Yeah. He gets he gets a pass off quickly, he gets moving, he pulls defenders about and it doesn't half make you notice the difference there as well and and maybe to be fair maybe that blunted our attack a little bit didn't it Mick yeah it did I mean the point I made before when um, we were trying them kind of like long balls over the top to try and like McLaughlin's not one who's going to take it into his stride and take on a full back or put the crossing straight away like you say his instinct is to get the ball and keep it neat and tidy so I think McLaughlin fair enough he might not be the best full back in the world he's fine playing right back in the back four arguably he's fine playing as a right centre half but like you say he's never a, a wing back in a million years and I think that maybe that's another point to bring up that um, sometimes we do need to have a bit more tactical flexibility and sometimes you don't have to play five at the back and you've got to switch it up yeah well, well I, 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 sorry Matthew no no just, this this goes back like Jack Ross did this when we signed McLaughlin and we didn't have the players to play five at the back and he wanted to do it and it didn't work because McLaughlin isn't a right wing back like no, he'd be like asking Yap Stam to play right wing back but obviously <laughs> obviously better than, than him and it was obvious that they were targeting early in the game as well. Our right-hand side, obviously, Sanderson started on that side of the back three. And so him and him, a, a debut of him, quite a young player. And with McLaughlin there as well, they were pumping all of their early balls down to that side. And what Sanderson looked a bit shaky to start with. Um, didn't look ideal for the goal, but I'm not sure if if that was maybe Dobson getting in his way or not. But I thought actually Sanderson grew into the game as it went, uh, made some nice marauding runs, got forward a little bit, helped with us carrying the ball out and pushing them back a bit further. And it was quite tidy in a few like tackles and interceptions, wasn't he? He was. Um, I think, again, though, um, it just shows it was a mistake to play McLaughlin in the position he did because Sanderson said he's more than comfortable of playing like as a wing-back. So I think it might have actually took the heat off him a little bit if he's not on his debut for the club playing as like a centre half and McLaughlin's played as a right centre half already this season. So it brings you a, yeah. so it brings you a little bit more continuity, I think, if you play him there. And like you commented, he actually looked quite good on the ball, quite brave on the ball, Sanderson. And some of his little touches going forward reminded me slightly of Willis. So I think if you'd played Sanderson there, we would have had a little bit more success. But I don't want to just keep on kind of like hammering the fact that we played the three-five-two. Like I said, I think what was really concerning the overnight was that we didn't play to our strength so last season I know it's a little bit different when Rochdale's at home but when they came to the stadium like last season we pressed them really high up the pitch and even though they aren't a bad side on the ball they kept giving it away and we were freeing it up at half time through the mistakes that we forced by pressing them so high up the pitch Yeah, but the, other, the, the, the pressing other... was really weird on, on Tuesday we we did it at the start of the second half yeah. and they were struggling to get out. Then we stopped again and then we started yeah. again on about 60, 65 minutes. Like, no, just keep pressing them. You are, you know, that front three of White, Gooch and Maguire are very good at pressing. They're very good at the tenacious side of things. But we just kept 
doing it in, and I know it's hard to sustain that because, you know, you're doing high intensity running essentially, but they are good at that and we just seem to not be able to make our mind up on how much we wanted to press yeah. them almost. I think, again, it's one of them things, it's our, it's one of our biggest strengths, isn't it? Particularly under Parkinson, our like the pressing style of play. So I don't understand why we didn't do it more. I mean, like you say, it's not realistic to expect it for 90 minutes every game. But it was just the fact in the first half it was non-existent and that allowed Rochdale to kind of play the way into the game because I think we took the lead arguably against a runner player. And I, I, oh, yeah, definitely. And um, I just think that, I know it sounds a little bit arrogant, but like you've got to be in this league. You've got to go to Rochdale and say, right, you're not going to play neat and tidy football. You're not going to play it out from the back. We're going to... We're going to like press you really high at the pitch, and we're going to like kind of play with a little bit of swagger. But I think on Tuesday night, it really concerned me a lot more than the Portsmouth game because it's okay sometimes to get beat by a better side. But yeah, on, yeah. on Tuesday, I just think we unnecessarily just surrendered control of the game to Rochdale, and I, and I just think even though second half we saw more of a ball and we had a lot more joy, I, I just as I say, I just think the overall performance of the night was just like lacklustre and just. Yeah, it was, and and that's what makes it interesting what Parkinson said after the game as well, because a a lot's been made of this, and I know actually he has kind of repeated the sort of the positives of things today in his press conference, but are people reading into this very much? Because I just see it with his post-match comments saying, you know, we were really good in the second half. Um, He even said Dobson didn't play too badly, and he's kind of reaffirmed some of that a day, saying it was a good point on the road. People are like leaning that bit and saying, oh, he's just accepting mediocrity, blah, blah, blah. But for me, I think that's more a case of, you know, you can't read too much into what managers say in the media. You don't know what he's saying to them in the dressing room after. He could be giving them a massive bollocking. And, you know, the players themselves will, will know that that wasn't good enough. Even, you know, players like Wyke, who had like a particular, who had a fairly decent game, they'll know that wasn't good enough on the night. They'll know that that result isn't good enough. But it's not. I don't think it's going to do any good if Partington comes out in the media after and says, "Yeah, that was terrible. They're all crap." Like that's Paolo De Canio stuff. Yeah. That and look, you know, look where he is now. You've got to remember we started the season quite well, and the, the, the dressing room probably has a bit of positivity to it right now. If you come out in the media slagging slagging off all the players, you're potentially undoing all that. Now, yes, if you lose five on the bounce, that is probably when you come out and you be a bit more straight with things, but. I don't know, Matthew. I think people are making a bit too much potentially of his comments. I th- yeah, I don't know what. I get it. I do get why people are you know pissed off at what he said. But he won't think that. He won't think that it was good enough, and he won't think that George Dobson played well. And but he, what do you want him to do? He, he, he come like you say. He comes out after the game and and starts slagging, throwing the players under a bus. And well, we got two big games coming up. It's too. It's not the sort of thing to do to get a reaction out of them publicly. This you know, yeah. Just come out and you know say how bad they were. And he, he, they'll know. He'll not be happy, and they'll know that. And I don't know. I, I get why people would want him to come out, and you can't, you can't public you can't publicly come out and call the players out seven games into a season. Yeah, no, not if you, unless say, you've lost all seven, yeah, unless you're Frank yeah, exactly. DeBoer. I, I, I think you need some kind of happy medium though, because I think a lot of people do see 
Parkinson's appointment and that's not his fault again but people kind of see it as kind of like the league oneification of Sunderland and when you come out and you kind of like praise the display and all that it kind of harks back to yeah. ironically when we played Gillingham last year oh we gave it a real good go and stuff like that <laughs> yeah I think that was yeah, a little I, bit I, 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 I don't like, I do understand the frustration I, 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 I do want I do want to make that point I do understand why people are frustrated and you know heat of the moment look, the one that reaction I'm not like sort of having a dig at people for like no, being pissed not. off no, I, no, of I, and I also want to say I don't think it's a good look to throw players under the bus I don't think that individually he should have come out because for instance if he came out and hammered George Dobson's performance I'd have been cross at um, Parkinson because that's not the way you deal with players in public but yeah. what I would have liked to have seen is kind of saying oh we've had a chat with the lads we've all kind of like agreed that mm. that's not good enough our like performances haven't been up to scratch in the last couple of games but we've had a really good start we can't detract from that and we're going to go again I know it's all cliche but we're going to go again on Saturday against Gillingham and we're going to put it right I think I'd have quite liked that approach rather than the extreme positivity totally. yeah because I think yeah that, absolutely I acknowledge it but say, say what you're yeah. going to do yeah that, 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 is, that is a fair shout but you know we mentioned Charlie Wyke there as well um, you know before we go to the break that's another positive another goal for him and I think on the night our man of the match he was you know he almost scored again with a good header that went well didn't go wide ended up coming back to Denver Hume who should have just whacked his I don't know what he was doing with that shot um, a little aside on that Lyndon Gooch seemed to be really I know the angle might be deceiving us but does anyone think that Gooch could have maybe stretched and got that like I've watched it yeah. a couple of times and thought he looks really close to that and he's just gone nah <laughs> obviously that's not the case but it just the angle of it looks really weird am I just the only one who's noticed I've not noticed to be honest um but now you say it, I, I can picture Gooch being there. I can't quite picture how close he was. Maybe, um, maybe he just didn't want to. Yeah, maybe he didn't. So, maybe he thought, oh, Den- Denver's there. I'll, I'll tee him up. Is, is this Robbie's <laughs> yeah. Paolo Di Canio moment where he throws Jay under the bus about he retracted yes, his head? Yes, yes. <laughs> he backed out with a header. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, another really good performance from, from Charlie White. And, you know, we've been, even when we were playing well, we were saying we need to get one of our strikers with a bit of momentum. And, and White has that at the moment. So, <laughs> you know, it's really frustrating mm. that we finally, I know we scored two when we won against Swindon, but we finally get a couple of goals and then the defence just absolutely falls apart. Um, but yeah, a positive there. And I think in general, you know, you know, Max Power hits the bar. Maybe if that header goes in from Wyke or if when it came back to Danny Graham off when yeah. Power hits the bar and Graham potentially should, put, he should well, do better. probably should have done better, do better. Actually. It was a strange swap, that. Yeah, to just exactly. bring Graham on for Wyke. Yeah, like when Wyke was like the in substitute. the game, like other substitutes were just nothing though. Like there's nothing really to go. Like, I don't think there's a huge amount to go over them. Really, yeah, that was a nothing substitution. Ledbetter came on with like a minute ago and his thousands and Scowen, <laughs> Scowen from Maguire was just strange, yeah, but sort of worked like by accident almost because Scowen did all right. Yeah, Scott did do well, but I think there was the opportunity to maybe firm up the midfield or, you know, get Will Grigg on if Wyke's playing well. Is yeah. that not going to, like, rub off on, on him? You know, Wyke was maybe knackered, to be fair. Yeah, you, you, you he's don't not know. the most mobile, is he? So. No, he's not. He's not. Bless, Bless him. him. Um, but, you know, with on those chances... You know, it's, it's interesting, isn't it, how, like, much, to use the word narrative, but if power shot goes in, if Graham's header goes in, whatever... You're coming away from that and thinking, well, we've not played well tonight, 
but we've reacted to conceding yeah. those two goals and we've managed to come away with a win and it, and it is really fine margins and yes we should be blown away teams like Rochdale I'm not saying that you know narrow wins like that are totally acceptable or giving away those goals but you, you are very close to coming away from that and saying well you know when you get promoted you yeah. need those awkward wins yeah. those scrappy ones and that shows the character in the side and I think for as much as we need like a, a three nil, four nil. I do think we need one of them where we come back in a game. Mm. And I think the lads said this even on Monday. Like you don't want to go a goal behind, but seeing that the sides got that in them is the mark of a promotion side. And we nearly did have that on on Tuesday. And, and you know maybe that's I'm not being like totally uh, no, happy, happy I about. Think, I think Tuesday as well is a game where you really missed like the away support there. Like yes, whether they were really, like they're tiring with fifteen twenty minutes to go. Like if you've got, I know it was midweek, but if you've got, I don't know two and a half thousand fans there behind the goal, one of them on the well, pitch. <laughs> Mickey knows all about that at Rochdale. One of them on the pitch. Uh, <laughs> some people are on the pitch. Oh, it's Mick. Um, it's Mickey If you've got like the wind, you know, roaring them on. Um, every corner is like an event. Um, yeah, no, I you're think right. that makes a difference there. So um, left hands in, left hands in. Well, on that, on that political statement from Matthew Keelan on behalf of the Wise Men Say Party, we'll go to <laughs> a little break, and when we come back, we'll look ahead to Gillingham. I'm Kevin Kyle, and you're listening to the Wise Men Say podcast. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Before we look ahead at Gillingham, just a reminder to go to fromthetarraces.co.uk and use that discount code WMS10 to get yourself 10% off your basket for your order. It's been raining today, so get one of the lovely Lampton jackets. I think the overshirts are in production now, so they'll look good when you, you know, you want to do the northeast thing, don't you, of when you can go for a socially distant trip to the pub of not wearing, like, a big coat. So you're going to want to put your overshirt on instead, aren't you? you like are. to. So still look a bit, even though you know there's a pandemic, you still want to look a bit hard, don't you? Oh yeah. Well, oh, yeah. why not? I mean, all I the shirts would perfect. Know all about that. Argue, oh, well, exactly. Right. You're right. You know the Cray twins, eh? <laughs> but, um, it's not like we've ever nearly got threatened with getting our heads kicked in and hid behind you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we could have looked stylish hiding behind you, and now from the terraces overshirt. No, like, overshirts are a great, um, great, a great look in any weather, and and arguably. Arguably perfect for those, you know, 14, 15 degrees cloudy Saturdays yes. when you go into the um, when you go into the pub to bump in the oh, event, yes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and and sit on even if you've got no interest in looking hard, you need a new winter wardrobe anyway, because summer's very much behind us, you know, like autumn's even like kind of going out the window. So yeah, get, get it sorted. Absolutely. Oh, never really ha- like it just sort of was a non event. In this country, like, like you, you get some nice nice coloured leaves. For like a week, Aye. and then it's, and then it's foggy. And then, like, I was riding to work the other day, and it was like eight degrees. And then, like last Tuesday, it was like seventeen degrees. It's like, yeah. well, no. So gotta love that climate change. I wait, wait. I climate change. I. <laughs> I melt an eye. <laughs> um, but while the polar ice caps melt, you can look good while they're doing it. <laughs> and you can get 10% off when you go to fromtheterraces.co.uk. T-shirts for the, the polar bears. The dis- well, you would have thought. Well, I hope the polar bears are listening to this and they can use the discount code WMS10. Armbands for them. 10% off their basket. And if they've got internet access, then also listen to the From the Terraces podcast as well. And that you can follow that at Terraces Podcast. Subscribe on all your favourite podcast apps. Gillingham away, lads. I the hate site Gillingham. of 
the site a very a, a sad day. Um, well, I don't know, sad. It was kind of funny at Gillingham last year, but I was I was very much a lad that day and got um, quite drunk, so I can't particularly remember the game. Um, I'm sure I was stood with you right. second half as well, wasn't I? You were, Mickey, yeah. Tom Walsh, of course, he was there, a fellow Wise Men Say member, um, and yeah, had, a, had, had quite a nice time, apart from the result, got a st- Stand on that daft away end, that daft uncovered away end, which unfortunately we can't go to when, this um, weekend. When does a temporary stand become permanent? Because that's been a temporary mm. stand for about twenty five years. What, what's a great start? Yeah. What's a great start about that? Is that temporary stand is older than MK Don's? That's, that's amazing. I that's fantastic. That, that, that stand was in place when Gabriel Clark was presenting football extra. <laughs> I think that temporary stand was in place when Mark Stewart scored a hat trick against Gillingham. <laughs> yeah, was, was it? And Naira, Naira Nosworthy playing for Gillingham if that you look day as well. Behind it, on some old photos of the Anglo Saxons, <laughs> Gillingham's temporary stand. <laughs> is, oh, really? Yeah. Was it like mm-hmm. an old, I don't know, like an old fort in Kent? Yeah. Uh, Kent, Gillingham. Well, the, Kent, the like Romans it. renamed it, didn't they? Temporarius, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was excellent. Another, that was really another great moment from Gillingham last season, Rory, was can you remember when White scored that disallowed goal? Oh, and, yeah, I forgot about that. It was that. kind of one of them because it wasn't, the flag never went straight up. We'd already kind of had time to guard mental. And then, yeah, and, you'd calm down <laughs> again, hadn't you? Calm down, Lid. Calm down. Then the flag had gone up, but um, the lads who were like just watching the game like on the stream, their stream was a couple of minutes behind. So we were getting all the Charlie White messages in the group chat. Yeah. Like when we already knew the goal had been disallowed, and me and you, it's like, give it a minute, lads, give it a minute. Yeah, I told you. For fuck's sake. Really... Oh, yeah. I remember watching it in a pub that won't be named. And uh, yeah, I remember like, well, not gone mental in the pub, like, but you know, you know, relatively speaking, pissed off, <laughs> disallowed a few. No, no uh, reason. Really. I think oh nine was offside anyway. Yeah, it was, oh, it was yeah. very strange. He fouled the goalkeeper for no reason. Just classic oh nine. Uh, just got too excited and uh, leapt on him. Oh my god! Maybe, maybe he'd been like watching clips of Roy O'Donovan. You know, wanted to follow in the footsteps Love of a, another Sunderland legend. Love that. That's gr- that's a really under. Oh, we're going off a big tangent here, but I don't really. Care. Well, I don't really want to talk about. Chilling, so. And we've just been talking about drawing two two with Rochdale, but it's not spoken about very much, even by Sunderland fans, about Roy O'Donovan sitting on a goalkeeper. <laughs> it's like Rude Hullet sitting on a shed. Like what do you think? Like the advent calendar today. It's Roy O'Donovan sitting on a goalkeeper to allow to allow Stern John to nod it in at the box stick. Yeah, exactly, so, and like. It should be. It's such a good daft cult like moment. I think like it's such a weird thing to do. Like Stern John probably would have scored anyway, but he just wanted to like make sure. Just like how does it not get disallowed? Like how did it not get disallowed? It's not well, allowed. No VR. <laughs> not no VR. It's not allowed. Then, man, then, man. But, well, no VR. No. I mean, imagine. Well, you can't the goal disallowed now because like your nose is offside. Yeah, well, well, you'd, 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 well, not in the Champions League last night. No, that was, way, that was, uh, that way, was refreshing. Not, 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 not something we're going to have to worry about. You could, obviously, the town of Alston won't know that either. So. <laughs> have, they, have they got VR in the Papa John's <laughs> trophy? I don't know. Well, I hope <laughs> like, imagine maybe. if they have. That would be so good. I don't, I don't know. Pat John's got quite a bit, quite a bit of money, I think. Yeah. All, the, all them pizzas. Yeah. You would have thought. Well, you would um, think. well he is something that'll either inspire you mm. for our game against Gillingham or it'll absolutely terrify you going in this game with Gillingham. Because the the Gills, the Gills, have lost their last four in the league and haven't scored in any of those games. So does that make you think, well, here we go. 
We're going to rock up into town, Billy Big, Big Phil and Billy Big Bollocks FC, and just turn them over? Or is this when sleepy Steve Evans <laughs> and Ooh. the boys get things back on track? <laughs> is that, has he been asleep for four games? <laughs> yeah, maybe he has, maybe he has. Steve, Steve, we, we haven't oh, scored. So, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Just nodded off there, Dan. Nodded off there. Uh, reference to it, you know, regular listeners. Like <laughs> yeah, that, you yeah. know, should be listening every week. So if you don't get that, that's that's terrible. Um, but actually, they did start the season quite well. Um, they won three out of out of their first five. They won three, and I think drew one, lost one. So they made a really solid start, and they've gone off a cliff. Um, before we start recording, though, Mick, you said they've got like quite a few injury problems at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I haven't looked into it in any great detail, but just reading Steve Evans' quotes. Uh, I know why not? Uh, we expect great detail on the Thursday pod. Do you not think me reeling off all those stats about Gillingham's start that are pro- probably wrong? <laughs> I, know, I mean, I know Steve Evans does like to exaggerate things and make out that he's managing like the smallest, pluckiest club in the world every game. Um, but he has come out and said that they do have like a lot of injuries and the kind of, as Steve Bruce would say, down to were bare bones. And that was a terrible Steve Bruce, so I apologise. Oh, I quite liked it. You got like when he's trying to do his little posh voice in there quite well. Aye, but, um, oh, I enjoyed um, it. But what stood out for me is the fact that um, they've only got like two goalkeepers in the first team squad, and one hmm. of them's an 18-year-old who, until Tuesday night, had never made a league appearance, and he had to come off the bench, and I think he'll have to start tomorrow. So obviously that's a very big pressure game for him. So hopefully, is if he's starting to... tomorrow. On on Saturday, do you, mate? <laughs> hey, well, to be fair, most people listening to this probably on a Friday. So wait, yeah, at this present well. moment in time, right? What you need to tell them it's a three o'clock kickoff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> turn turn up like oh no, seventeen nil. <laughs> Nil nil. Only only one seventeen nil. Well, no, he'll be there, won't he? He'll turn up at like five to three, and there'll be a goal kick waiting for him. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to boost boost my ratings. (laughs) Because if I came on here and got everything like correct, then that would be a failing on my behalf, and I'm trying to get a regular spot on this first slot. So Ah, I've got any mistakes. Uh, Very good, very good for your trial there. Well, injury front for, for us, it sounds like Willis might still be a doubt and that they're assessing things. So I guess that gives us some questions about what we do defensively. Um, obviously, Luke or Nine's going to come back in. So does anyone think we should be making a change from the back three? Do we go to back four or Nine potentially going to midfield? There's, there's a bit of scope there, isn't there? Yeah, I think um, I wouldn't be against that personally, I think. I think the five at the back has its merits, um, but I think I don't know. We could probably do without, especially if like the defenders are going to have sort of calamitous performances. You almost rather have one less. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I think oh, I w- you know what? I wouldn't mind all nine having a go in midfield. I think he's kind of he's a real threat on the right hand side. It means you can play someone in just a flat back four. So he's been a real threat from from wing back. It would be. Be interesting to see if he can remember how to play him. I feel like, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, because you, you know, know you could play you, you could play Sanderson as your right back, yeah, and then or you know if or C Mac of course. <laughs> well, in a fell in flat back four yeah, maybe. Back, yeah. Uh, but if you know Ledbetter is obviously gonna well Ledbetter should be coming back into the side if he's slotting in there when maybe you don't have the ball and you're defending your final third. But I just don't think we play that fluidly, unfortunately. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, to go back to the Sam Allardyce days when Jan and Villa 
would drop in for DeAndre Yedlin or for Patrick Van Arnholt because they, someone on that side would go forward or Kirchhoff would slot in. We do seem to stick to position a little bit more, don't we, Mickley? So, I don't know, I think even if he does go to a back four, he won't... <laughs> I think he would probably go with McLaughlin there rather than Sanderson, even though <laughs> Matthew's delighted about that. But I think I would rather see Sanderson there and it gives us a chance to be a little bit more fluid within the midfield. And Sanderson looked all right going forward, contributing as well, and which maybe gives Wyke a bit more support behind him for when Gooch and Maguire go inside or Knight can peel off. Um, I don't know, Mickey, what do you think formation-wise? Are you gonna? Would you ring the changes? So what you're saying is hashtag justice for Conor Mack. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that. I Matthew's am, saying I that. I am saying that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean to be fair, I, I don't have any objection to the back five whatsoever, and I just think it would be it would be absolute, I would it would be fine if we brought Ledbetter and Scowen back into the centre midfield. I would have no objection to this. Um, what is Flanagan fit, by the way? I've not seen any unless I've I've missed it or if something's came out and we've been recorded. I've not seen anything about Flanagan on the official club Twitter. The only player. The specifically mentioned on on the injury front was was Jordan Willis and the fact that Sanderson took a bit of a well you know remember in the Rochdale game that he got a bit of a yeah. knock didn't he um, but but carried on and Willis has got his ongoing issue as well that they're sort of managing at the moment but given that Willis on the bench I don't think it'd be too serious but no nothing mentioned specifically about Flanagan that I've right. seen so on that basis then I think you just got to try and keep it as simple as possible all nine goes back to the fullback I take your point that his energy would be welcome in midfield but you've got to remember he's not played there for well over a year now that's true so yeah, I, 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 I just think you've got to kind of keep it like as simple as you possibly can not make too many elaborate changes and just stick to what's been working and when we've been playing all nine as a wing back the, the fight at the back has been working really well if Flanagan's coming back in alongside Bailey Wright regardless of whether Sanderson or Willis gets a nod I'd be perfectly comfortable with that back with the three centre defenders and if we have Scowen and Ledbetter back as your midfield too I think we're going to have a lot more control of the game because I was hearing something earlier from a Gillingham fan on the podcast and he was saying that Gillingham tend to have a very low amount of possession so if we want to go there and assert our control then I'd much rather have Scowen and Ledbetter who are tidier in possession Yeah. so for me keep it the keep it the five at the back get um, Ledbetter and Scowen back in because that's been working really well throughout the season so yep I just think keep it as simple as possible because we've still got to back ourselves to go and turn Gillingham over comfortably despite a couple of bad results Definitely, and I think you know if you're getting those better players back in, like Ledbetter, like O'Nine, goes back to what I said earlier. Your, your team, those better players in, means you are going to be on top of doing the basics better. And when we do that, teams get less opportunity, and we don't force things as much as well. That that would be my main worry if Gillingham are going to give us a lot of possession and put like a lot of men behind the ball. We saw it against Rochdale at times that we were just trying to you know force things a bit too much and just pump balls a little bit but if we have those better players on especially like Ledbetter who's really good at keeping calm in those in that in those kind of situations then we won't do that but you know if he goes I, I think it's just all about getting three men in midfield again even if even if he does if he ditches the back five he's got to keep us to he would have to keep us to a 4-3-3 and just it keeps that control for us doesn't it Matt it keeps us squeezing teams which is really important yeah, well, we we touched on it before, didn't we? When we said if if teams are going to play two in the middle against our three, then great, because um, we just got control yeah. of the game. Turned out we didn't, 
but anyway, <laughs> no, they, 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 they did not have control. <laughs> no, I just think you are right though. Like it, we need that in midfield. You get a lot of time on the ball in this league as well, and it, if we're gonna have the possession. She's got three in the middle. If we do lose the ball, that's one thing we've been good at actually is regaining possession this season. Yeah. Um, and I think having three in the middle, any mistakes are nullified by the extra cover. And going forward as well, it, it gives you an extra outlet. Someone, especially if you've got like like power, who's, you know, you saw it the other night and I was a, I was a two, like with a volley, like getting on the edge of the box. And you let us see more of that from him actually. Like, I know he sometimes is the one that holds, but I'd like to see more of it from him. He's more than capable of doing it. He's he scored a few goals, and it always seems to be like he sort of waits twenty minutes to go and thinks, "Oh God, like we need a goal. I best get forward and try and." He did it against Bristol Rovers, didn't he? And hit the post. Yeah, um, he did. I yeah. just think we need to see more of it from him. More than it's well within his you know his ability to to do that, and he's he's good at it. I don't know if it's an instruction or if it's a confidence thing, but. Hi, Max. Yeah, how am I? Yeah, sorry, Remember when, when I said um, about Squan and Ledbetter being a uh, midfield too, I didn't mean like kind of as a two by themselves. Ah, you mean, did, right? Ah, you mean, made your bit. Now stop rolling back on us. Make some outlandish predictions. For me. Midfield yeah. one. <laughs> None for me. No goalkeeper. Five, well, with five anyway. six with no goalkeeper. <laughs> zero, well, you don't count the goalkeeper in your formation, do you? Nah. But five, zero, six. Yeah, agree. Get Benji in. Well, well, you know, why not squad, on the bench? Yeah. yeah, you would have thought. Well, no um, crap. <laughs> well, I guess that brings us neatly onto prediction time. Uh, Matthew, I'm going to leave you. Going to leave you till last <laughs> this week. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> Mickey. What? How do you? Hopefully, obviously, those better quality players are going to come back in. But how do you see the game going overall? I'm going to say something outrageous. I'm going to say um, we're going to catch Steve Evans napping, ironically, and we're going to win four nil. Wow, four nil. Charlie White, Catrick, anything like that? Right, set it down. Um, <laughs> no. Hey, yeah, he's on fire at the minute. No, I think um, Charlie White double, Danny J off the bench, and we're going to have a max power breaker as well. Oh, I do like a bit of that. That is tasty. Um, I think I'm going to... Um, I don't know. I think this is... We've struggled. We haven't beat Gillingham, actually, since we came down, have we? Despite, obviously, playing them thousands yeah, of times because of the yeah, FA Cup. Yeah, we beat them 4-2, I think. We, we did the, oh, we yeah, did... sorry, we beat them at home. We've not Green. beat them. Oh, we no, did the double yeah. the first season. We, to- ah, we tonked them maybe uh, early on. I forgot uh, about Just that. getting cancelled, though. I've been... I think those um, FA Cup games, and then, like, obviously, we played them in the league just, like, a couple of months after with the, that 2-2, the last time oh, we'll ever yeah, see live football. Last, I think yeah. that's just clouded. But, yeah, of course, we, like, hammered them. Oh, right, we're getting back to that then uh, I'm going to be slightly less optimistic than Mickey and I'm going to say a 3-0 win and I'm going to do you know what I fancy Bailey Wright again I know the keeper like was, it was a bit of a knacker but I thought he got on the end of that header quite well and let's, uh, let's have a brace for Charles there as well he's going to he's going to keep up his fire form um, now Matthew uh-huh, it's really, yes. your, your prediction's really 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 important this week because yeah Regular listeners will know that we've not addressed the elephant in the room here, have we? And no. That's that we, we dropped um, points on we Tuesday night. We dropped points, and I was reminded of this on Twitter by, I uh, can't remember the username, Eleanor, I believe. Um, and I was reminded that I'd made this prediction, and we needed a caveat. So she did help 
come up with this. All right, okay. Um, and George Dobson's performance on Tuesday can in no way be counted as us having 11 men on the pitch. <laughs> oh, my God. So Absolutely. it still stands that we will not drop any more points while we have 11 competent footballers on the pitch. Ah, uh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> I mean... That's like leaving it open to too much interpretation there, I think. Right, well, we'll right fine, well, when Dobson play, doesn't play, then. When Dobson doesn't play, all right, OK. But what happens then if Dobson does play and we do win? Well, it doesn't does matter. That kind of, does it matter. That doesn't matter. Just doesn't two matter. victories okay. up. That's two victories up. Yeah, then, yeah we get six points. Yeah. The other team <laughs> okay. gets automatically relegated. So the caveat now is we will not drop any more points <laughs> provided we have 11 men on the pitch, yeah. brackets, 11 competent footballers, asterisks, <laughs> specifically meaning George Dobson not playing. Specifically the West Midlands, yes. <laughs> the West Midlands. Well, he, did, he did play in the West Midlands. Um, yeah, sorry, George. Um, I just yeah. want to make sure, is that, is, is that no, right? No, that's that right, right, that's right for now. Okay, we'll be okay lovely. Update. It's like the government's strategy for coronavirus, this. It really is, it really is. Um, just making what? further adjustments to it. No, no, it's darling. <laughs> um, 10 o'clock at night on Twitter. <laughs> I'm just going to tweet it out at 5 past 1 in the morning. Um, <laughs> What's your score prediction? Uh, uh, <laughs> 5-1 to Sunderland. <laughs> is George Dobson going to score? Dobson with 2, I think. Um, no, um, Mac? Well, we've already you've kind of shattered the hopes of him playing, haven't we? Oh, sorry, uh, no, so I'm going for Max as well, but I'm going for two for Max opener and closer. Oh, lovely! Uh, a lead bit of penalty. Oh, um, midfielders scoring all over the shop. Charlie Wyke and Will Grigg. Oh, lovely. Our own goal from him and uh, Danny Graham. (laughs) Oh, that's a shame. Oh, what a a sombre note to go out on. An own goal for sad lad Will. Um, Imagine if that happens. I I, I I just feel so sorry for him. I I really would just want to give him a cuddle if that happened. I mean, like, God, I wouldn't even feel like upset or angry even if it was like a last minute own goal to lose us a game I'd, I'd just it was 5 nil as well and it was just a meaningless own goal it was just like yeah oh, oh yeah come here Will come here <laughs> um, well is Will Grigg gonna score an own goal is George Dobson gonna play and score a brace will we have to add more caveats to Matthew's prediction of us not dropping any more points we'll be back on Saturday to react to that and fill you in on all those details and then Gareth and Stephen will be back on Monday to look in this latest game a little bit more detail and preview another midweek game against Ipswich so make sure you all subscribe to Wise Men Say and all your favourite podcast apps if you're not already because three shows a week we're delivering the content you know even though there's a pandemic we're still bringing you your podcast more regular than Coronation Street this well agree how how often is Coronation Street I don't watch it anymore I haven't watched it since Phelan left it wasn't always like Mondays, Wednesday, like twice, two, on, twice, two on Mondays, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Wednesday and Friday. Yeah, Friday, yeah. Sometimes you'd get two on a Friday if there'd been like some murdering going on. Which obviously was peak feeling, peak feeling hours, <laughs> real feeling hours. <laughs> I'm just murdering uh, some residents of Weatherfield, darling. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we're going to be doing all the murdering on the pitch at Priestfield <laughs> this Saturday. Hopefully we're getting back to winning ways, and as ever, thanks for listening.
Harry's birthday on Sunday. I know, exciting. 